Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is currently advocating for sex positive, anti stigmatizing, and identity validating healthcare. One of the ways that we're doing this is by recruiting sex educators, sexual health um, professionals to offer healthcare providers a experience to practice taking a sexual history on people who may not fall under the assumed norms of how they look, how they present themselves, um, maybe not heterosexual or monogamous, um, or just identifying as a gender that they may be perceived as. So, um, if you want to support, you can visit www.spfpp.org and you can donate or you can reach out if you know someone who... Um, would be interested in implementing this at their clinic or healthcare organization, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, today's podcast, I know lately, like I haven't really had guests on and there's been more solo episodes that I've forcefully tried to tie into being related to herpes, but we got safe sweat here, y'all. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm still low budget as fuck. So, all of the background noises you're going to hear just me. <sighs> I can't do like the button pressing thing that I see on YouTube channels. <laughs> yeah. And that's only because I'm spread there. Like, if y'all know somebody who wants to listen through these raw recordings and go in and plug that stuff in, please be my guest. Reach out. <laughs> so, um, do you ever use your real name? Yeah, I do. All right. I do. So, how, how can I like talk about you? Just you can you say Trisha or Safe Slut. I don't really, either one is fine. All right, I cool. kind of like Safe Slut. All right, well, yeah. just call me Safe Slut. Yeah. It's just like now it feels like a little more, in, not impersonal, personal. Yeah. So like to be like, yeah, Safe Slut. And then yeah. we're like sitting here having a fucking conversation <laughs> yeah. across from each other, right? <laughs> I mean, you can say Trisha. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. Or you can call me Trash like a lot of my friends do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we are here. We're at... Or we're in New Jersey. We're in fucking Nutley, New Jersey. Where your ex used to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my ex lived here. But like, literally, that's so. It's so weird because I feel like no one comes to Nut. Like, it's not like a big city, but we're here. Yeah, we, chilling. we made it. We're we here. made it. Uh, shout out to our host um, who's having us here, letting us have this mm-hmm. podcast recording. Um, and had lovely snacks prepared. Oh my god, the snacks. The snacks uh, were great. We had some fruits. Mm-hmm. We had, I had Doritos. I had two Doritos. Yeah, I don't know how many I had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like them. I was just like, I need to eat it because it's here. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So topic-wise, over the last... How long have you been active on social media as Safe Sweat? Um, February 10th, 2020. 2020. Yeah, so, so it's been two, two years. years. Two years. Because I remember following you shortly after you started, mm-hmm. for sure. And then, like, I wanted to interview you. It's just never, like... Yeah, we was been like, let's do it. But then it just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and since you started in February, I'm sure at some point I might have seen, been like, oh, let's do a podcast. And then pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's real cool that we get to, like, be here in person mm-hmm. and have this conversation because it's really just going to start with um I, I would like to start with your herpes diagnosis like how did that happen can you tell yeah. me 
that story around that, and then we'll get into how Safe Slug got started, and yeah. then we'll get into your work now and how you're going through your like process of becoming more empowered through it. For sure. So roll the sleeves up. Let's yeah, go. roll the sleeves. Get into it. Um, so I was at a Halloween party with one of my best friends, and we were very drunk. So this is this is Halloween, November two thousand nineteen. So it was, yeah, November two thousand nineteen, and we were really drunk at this party. And we see this beautiful looking man, like literally Greek God, like gorgeous, like beautiful. And he was dressed as a fallen angel. So he was wearing like, he was wearing like angel wings. Like it was just like amazing. So we were just like, oh my God, like we both think he's hot. Like let's share him. So we went up to him and we go, hey, can we both suck your dick at the same time? And he goes, yeah, yeah. So we went into my friend's spare room and we both sucked his dick. And me and her, we were like looking because we were just like very joyous. We like made eye contact and just like kind of like laugh because we were like we never thought we'd be here. <laughs> um. So anyway, so we were at this party and then we were like facilitating an orgy. We were like, who wants to come over to my house? We're all gonna have an orgy. And like, and then my friend and I looked at each other. We're like, we're not having an orgy. Like, we're literally just going home. <laughs> what a cocktail! I know we were being teases, but I we continued to like um, make out with this man at this party. And when we got home, we were all drunk, so I don't, it all, like, I don't know all the ins and outs, but ended up, like, my friend went into her room, and me and him just ended up hooking up. So, we didn't use a condom, um, and it was pretty mediocre sex, and lasted, like, three minutes, and there you go. In the next few days, got an outbreak. Well, it's funny, because he, in the morning, like, he was such a himbo, because he was, like... What, what is that? A himbo? What so is that? a man bimbo. So it's like a guy who's just so not smart. Very like beautiful, but like not smart. Alright. And so in the morning I I have I had like a big bookshelf in that room and he like looks up and goes, You like to read? And I was like, Oh yeah, like I was an English major, I'm really into like these kind of books, blah blah. I was just trying to like have a conversation and he just went, Oh, okay. And I was like, okay, you got to get out of my house. <laughs> you looked good, but that's not it. Um, and yeah, so then, then a few days later, I get an outbreak. Um, I don't know what it is. Initially, I start feeling just like really itchy. And then I went to a yoga class and then I was like, something's not right. So I had my roommate look at my vulva and they saw there was like some bumps there. And I was like, oh shit. But herpes didn't really cross my mind because I didn't really like, I wasn't aware of STIs as much as I should have been because um, surprisingly I never had an STI before that and so then I went to urgent care she pretty much was just like yeah you have herpes like just by looking at it and I yeah thought my life was over and then I ended up finding so I texted the guy and was like hey I think you gave me herpes but I also did sleep with someone like a week prior so like I just I don't know and he goes nope I was definitely clean it's the other guy and then I ended up talking to a friend who went to the same college as him, and she was like, oh, I hooked up with him in college, um, and his ex-girlfriend had herpes, so I was like, okay, so it's definitely him, and he knew, and he lied. Um, but I forgive him, it's fine, and yeah, so I didn't leave my bed for like three days, and I cried, and I thought my life was over. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you have supportive people around you, though, right? Oh, yeah, I... In true Leo fashion, I told literally everyone I knew, like, my coworkers, everything. Like, people who, like, just, like, didn't want to hear about it. I was like, I have herpes. Um, so I didn't know how to deal with it. And But I realized the more that I talked about it, the more Me Too's or, like, oh, I know someone that has it. 
and I saw that these these people living with it weren't talking about it, but they were like doing fine. Like they all had partners or like were dating. So I was like, okay, well that's cool, but then why is no one talking about it? So I wanted to yeah, I knew I wanted to be public about it pretty early on, but it took me a few months to get there. But I also, the thing that most people said to me was like, don't worry, you'll you'll find someone that will want to date you. You'll find someone that will want to date you. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I want to fuck people. <laughs> like, I was 25, I was like, I'm trying to be a host still. Like, I don't want to give that up. Um, and, and so that's why I was like, you know, that's kind of what Safe Slut started as, of being like, you can still be a hoe and have herpes. Okay. Essentially. All right. Um, damn, dude. So it's interesting what your response was to your diagnosis because where most people don't want to tell anybody, you decided to tell everybody. I'm an overshare, baby. It's what I do. <laughs> yeah. And that was helpful to you, right? Yeah. It, it, makes me, it makes me feel better to talk about things. Mm-hmm. I think um, beforehand, like growing up, I always held things that I didn't tell people anything. And I know how much that doesn't feel good. So for me, I just, like, when it happened, I just, like, went the complete opposite way, which definitely was the right thing to do, so. Yeah. Um, For myself, when I was diagnosed, because it took me four years before H on my chest became a thing. What year were you diagnosed? And, oh, so I actually found out it was March 23rd, 2013. Pisces, baby. That I got my symptoms oh okay it was on the 28th that i got the test results back oh. and found that i was positive because i went through and i looked up old facebook messages of who i would have messaged mm-hmm. around that time i remember there were three people i messaged and one of them i'm not friends with on social mm-hmm. media anymore so i can't see the messages someone else we talked so much that i scrolled like, i can't for, go through back yeah, yeah it just took too long so i found the these messages where I just said to her, I said, hey, can you talk? And I was like, yep, that's mm-hmm, what it was. Mm-hmm. That was the message because I wasn't going to put funny. that shit in a text. No. Did you know Did you know who it was? No idea. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, everyone says Most of the time no. there's no way to know. Like, even with this guy, I'm like, I'm pretty positive it's him. But again, like, maybe it's not. Maybe I had it before and it was dormant, you know? You never mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And that's another thing too is that we talk about a lot how we want to avoid getting STIs. Mm-hmm. However, we don't talk about, you know, if you have an STI, well, yeah. that you can still not pass it on to somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Taking the precautions necessary, understanding your body, communicating. I think that so yeah, much of Yeah, because the thing of it that. is, it's like, with herpes, like, it's obviously, like, easily transferable when you have an uh, outbreak, but it's, most people don't even know they have it. So the people that do know they have it, it's actually safer to sleep with us because we're aware of the symptoms in our body that we know how to take precaution or we're on Valtrex. Um, and again, yeah, like with like sex education, we're told to not, it's all about like preventing STIs, but not what to do when we get an STI, which is inevitably going to happen for most people. So that would be far more beneficial if we were taught what we can do. Yeah. And my thing now with the CDC and how their STD prevention efforts work now is that they're non-inclusive to mm-hmm. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just fortunately had the privilege of being able to speak at the state of Michigan 
HIV and STI conference. Yeah. Okay. So the way Instagram works, people don't know what I'm doing at all. (laughs) Unless I post like a meme or something. Yeah. Uh, if it's not a meme or not educational, then people will see it. But if I like try and say, Hey, I got this thing going on this time, this day, I think it's because it's directing people away Away. from Instagram. I've noticed that whenever I post things that are like this live or this Patreon. Yeah. So it's like, you have to say, Hey, I am doing this thing on Instagram at this time this day because that increases engagement. But like, who the fuck is going to sit on their phone and watch it live? Right. No one watches lives. No one watches that. But Instagram will show people <laughs> that you got one coming. Yeah. Just believe it. That's so true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But uh, like how the CDC says to wear a condom, mm-hmm. a male latex condom in the description. And it's like, all right, well, what if there isn't a male present? And how does this mm-hmm. fuel this idea that sex only counts when there's a penis involved? Right. 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 So now we've got like And you this... can still get herpes when using a condom. So there's even that yeah. too. And yeah, all the research for herpes, like I feel like I get a lot of questions from people that are like, oh, like, what about, like, like woman to woman or vulva to vulva? And I'm like, I, there's literally no research. Like, it's so frustrating. So, the thing about vulva to vulva SCI transmission rates is the real question is, is it buried or not? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, it's still skin-to-skin contact. And, and it would probably be more likely because there's more mucous membrane than That's, yeah, penis. I've seen yeah, I've that yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when we're looking at transmission rates, I think that it still applies statistically to what we have. Mm-hmm. It's just, is this with a barrier or not with a barrier? What right. kind of sex is being had right. is really what the question is that we need yeah. to be asking. Because again, like if you're, if you have HSV2 and you're going down, they're going down on you, it's very unlikely that they're going to get it on their mouth. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Let us shift and talk about safe slut. So you decided to create this page and you said you were diagnosed it would have been in 2020 i was diagnosed in november 2019 okay so december january february so three months go by yeah and then you decide you know what i'm gonna start this account yeah let me ask you this too was safe slut initially because of or for herpes or was that for something so safe slut i thought of safe slut like literally the day i was diagnosed and I knew I wanted to make an account for, like, a herpes-positive account. So for the first, like, almost year, I feel like Safe Slut was just talking about herpes. Um, but now it's kind of turned into all of this entire, like, sex-positive thing. Because it's I'm able to, like, say things I've wanted to say even before I got herpes. Like, all this stuff about, like, sex and dating and, like, slut-shaming, feminism, activism. Like, all this stuff that I'm very passionate about I didn't have, like, a platform for. So now I do. So I'm like, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want on there. That's yeah. mine. <laughs> That's the beauty of it, too, because nobody can take that away from you. Yeah. Oh, well, except it's scripted <laughs> for two months. That's why I got a podcast. Ain't nobody going to listen to my podcast and filter out things. That's, that yeah, that's why I'm on Patreon, Twitter, OnlyFans. Um, what else is not censored? YouTube is kind of censored. I'm on every platform you can think of because I'm like, they're not taking me away. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to put those links in the show notes as well. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so with Safe Slut, you know, you are saying all the things that you are saying, wish you would have said, and like, I love the memes personally. Thank you. Like, they always make me smile. <laughs> I, I post them, I get a lot of like ha-has and people who mm-hmm. may not have seen it from you first, see it from me, and then they see that you're someone who does this consistently. Mm-hmm. So it is empowering. It is uplifting, especially for women. Right. Um, it's Safe Slut. 
who you wish you had as a role model prior to your creation. Oh my God, yes. I feel like Safe Salt, like obviously it is me and it's like who I am, but it's also kind of like an alter ego, I guess, because I mean, you know me, IRL, I'm like kind of shy-ish, would you say? No? (laughs) I, maybe it's because we have an internet connection. Yeah, we're already kind of friends, but I feel like in certain settings I can be very like shy where I feel like on Safe Slot, I'm like bad bitch, like ooh, yeah, like Which if, is I, so if I came up to you with my friend and said, hey, we both want to A-frame you right now at a party, like... I mean, that's, what? like, my dream. I'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm at a party, I'm drinking, I mean, like, party mode, but, like, day-to-day, I feel like I'm very, like... Do a boring shit, like, you're, you're going to Trader Joe's Yeah, go to Trader Joe's, like, I'm dead by 9 o'clock. Like, yeah. <laughs> but no, I do feel like I... The things I say on Safe Slides very, like empowering and like openly sexual and I feel like when I was younger I've always been very sexual but I felt like a lot of shame about it because I didn't know that it's okay to be sexual and like have a lot of sex there's nothing wrong with that um so it would have been nice to like hear that because I would do it and then feel weird about it or like even just hearing other people talk about someone else who is like sleeping around and like hearing them talk negatively about it like I wish I stepped in and was like that you're literally such a famous person and like you're probably just jealous um, and I feel like that's something I would do now or even just talking about like safer sex and like how important it is and how setting boundaries is important and better ways to communicate. Um, cause when I was younger, I absolutely was not doing that. I was letting men do literally anything and I would just be like, okay. Um, like very passive. So yeah, safe slut is definitely wish I, wish I had her sooner. <laughs> and I'll say the same thing for myself too. Um, I think that H on my chest was the persona that I needed to get me through my herpes diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, I navigated the first four years of it, just going with the motions. I ended up like just dating people who had already known. And then it took for me to find these support groups and communities of other people who had it to realize there were people in a much worse place than I was. Like, oh yeah, when I got into the support groups and dating groups, I didn't have many problems. The problem was that I, I guess, like, was super empathetic. And I started to kind of feel what was happening from other people. And people just being like, oh, I hate my life. I can't date. No one's yeah. going to want to be with me. Like, still seeing Seen, that even that, yeah. in these groups where yeah. those people. Yeah, or like them. And those are the type of people that are on positive singles because they think that they can only date other herpes positive people. And they'll say, I was on it for a little bit just to see. I'm banned from positive signals also, so love that for me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just seeing the how, yeah, how much they feel like they can't date or that it defines them and all these things. And it's just, like, so not true. So there's, there's still a lot of, like, I feel like I'm three years in and I talk about herpes all the time, like, so casually that I don't think about it anymore. So there's times when I see people in these groups or, like, on Reddit that it reminds me, okay, there's still a lot of work to do here. Like, like there, I think all of my friends who have herpes were all in this, like, really good place. And, like, there's a lot of positivity, but there's still so many people who are not there yet. So a lot of work to be done, um, for sure. In my experience with positive singles, I don't think that that dating site really aims to do anything in regards to ending stigma. Oh, I put in my profile... Hey, follow me on Safe Slot. I ha- I do destigmatizing di- work for herpes. Immediately got banned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they want to keep the stigma. They want 
people to feel bad about themselves yeah. so they can get subscribers. So for me, on Positive Singles, when I was on there, I had like... I would try and share podcast episodes. I would try and share information. And I had to be real sneaky about how I do it. Yeah. I just like ask a question. Hey, have any of you had this experience? And then dot, dot, dot. On this episode, we talked about. <laughs> and then like I kept noticing that my posts would go from uh, hundreds, hundreds of views to all of a sudden like three. Oh and it's like God. someone was looking for it. And when they found it, it was like... No yeah. more. Don't yeah. share it with They've reached out to me so many times. I was like, hey, we love your account. We'd love you to do like some affiliate work for us. They want you to sell Block. links, right? Yeah. yeah. Block. And it's also like, there's always like spelling errors in it. And I'm like, I'm a big stickler for like, if you're sending me a work thing, like, please proofread it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so yeah. And that's it. Like, yeah, they want for you to use your platform to get signups. And mm-hmm. yeah, if I'm paying you $20 per signup and a membership is. $40 a month, right? Like, that's what it is. It's essentially mm-hmm. profiting because I'm telling people not to listen to my podcast. Like, I'm telling people, hey, come here, get what you need, and then get out of here. Go right. implement what you learn, go practice, go out into the world. And what I'm loving about, like, Safe Slut is that it is so sex positive. And I think that a lot of people that go through the herpes support groups are looking for sex positivity but they don't really get there until mm-hmm. they bump their heads a few times and stumble through right. this like I don't know if you've experienced this but where guys are kind of like oh I'm the best thing you're gonna get because you got herpes and yes. nobody gonna want you so mm-hmm. you might as well just be with me I don't know if I'm wording it exactly that's pretty much I mean I, luckily like no man has ever said that to me because they would get smacked in the face but that that is a thing that people stay in relationships because of that they're told that in in this toxic situation and they feel like they can't get anything better or alternatively they stay in relationships they don't want to be in because that person also has herpes and they're afraid of transmitting it to someone else um so which is unfortunate because that's just not how it has to be um but yeah like with the sex positivity thing the thing i like like to about safe slut is like i feel like it's like 40 percent herpes and then it's like random shit about sex positivity that I want to talk about. So it's just kind of like a mix of things. So I think initially I feel like a lot of people were nervous to follow me because they didn't want to be associated with the herpes account. But now I think there's like a lot of people who are there for different reasons, which I think is great. Um, I think my favorite thing is getting messages from people who got diagnosed but are like, hey, I've been following you for a while, so I got diagnosed and I was fine about it. And I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Like, it makes me, like, actually cry, <laughs> like, yeah. reading that. Because um, that's, yeah, that's all I wanted to do is, like, help people who have it and help educate people who don't. Mm-hmm. So, And that's so what it's all about, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, you said something earlier, and I wanted to speak to this. Um, so many people who have herpes are, okay, they're in relationships. They may not get outbreaks. Mm-hmm. It's a non-issue until you have to tell somebody else about it. Like, that's when it becomes an issue. Or if you are someone who's having uh, a lot of physical symptoms, reoccurring outbreaks, then it becomes an issue. Or if you're opening up your relationship that you've been in for forever. But, like, I don't know that the people who listen to this podcast are at that okay place. 
I oh, think that majority it's, it's of people newly diagnosed like, as your yes, yeah. yes. So people who find something positive, I think there's like the life cycle is newly diagnosed, looking for information, or newly out of a relationship, and now mm. having to tell people mm-hmm. this. I think the poly one is big, is opening up that because that's like a whole new. I've been seeing that a that's lot. That's huge. Lately. Yeah, I get, I've been doing a lot of support calls with usually it's like poly people. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like for me with like polyamory or monogamy, I mean it's the same thing. You're just gonna disclose to that person that you're about to fuck. Well, so here's the thing, too, where it gets tricky is if you're in an open relationship, you're, let's say I'm positive and one of my partners isn't, and then my partner is going off to be with another partner and now like, yeah. Did they tell them? There's always, there's always a question of that, that. That question is probably the most common one I get And I feel like for me, I personally would always be like, I would let the person know that my main partner has herpes or you can just say you're dating someone who does have herpes yeah or you've dated yeah but someone who's as of now i haven't had any symptoms or i tested negative but yeah. there's still you never know um i just like being as open as possible is obviously the best way to do it because when you're about to fuck someone like why would you not be open about your sexual health or like everything like um because again like i don't want to have sex with someone who wouldn't open so yeah yeah and that openness is so attractive i don't know that before i had herpes that i had a thing to be vulnerable and open i didn't somebody (laughs) about right Um, because there was also not a reason to talk about stis and testing either i would oh i i personally did the you clean that was it yeah right yeah so that's it in my sex education we were taught that if someone had an sti you could smell it you could see it or it would be so painful that they wouldn't want to have sex. Right. So I, like, went into sex with that in mind. Like, I used a condom because I didn't want to get anybody pregnant. Yeah. As soon as I found out motherfuckers was on birth control, like, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, no fear. Like, does this hurt? Do the sniff test? And they were like, all right, oh, we good shit. to go. Yeah. Um, I've also read this statistic a while ago. Don't know where it's from. Whatever. Yeah. Fact check it. It's probably true. That, um... Cis men are more likely to not wear a condom with, gen- like, generically attractive women. Like, m- basically, what I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But, like, more attractive women, they think that, like, if a woman isn't as beautiful or pretty, they are more likely to wear a condom because they think that they're, like, gross. But if they're hot, then then they're, like, you're hot, like, you don't, you're clean. Which is so funny because I'm the most beautiful person I've ever seen. And I have an STI. <laughs> so... All right, here's my thought about that. I would think that in relation to, like, my thoughts of being more afraid of pregnancy than an STI, Mm -hmm. right, I wouldn't want to get someone pregnant who I'm not very attracted to. So I'm going to wear a condom, (laughs) right? That seems more logical that, like, that's the reason. She's like, I don't want to make babies with someone ugly. Right. But also, why are you sleeping with someone that you don't find attractive? So there's another statistic out there. (laughs) And this is something... Uh, I mean, I've definitely hooked up with a lot of ugly men. See? So, like, <laughs> you got to need... Sometimes it just happens. Yeah. It's all about timing. Like, you can yeah. be in the right place at the right yeah, time. Yeah, you think you're hot, they're hot at the moment. In the morning, you're like, ooh. ooh. Oh, uh, I got to go. I got to go. Like, but you live here. Uh, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get up. <laughs> uh, but no, all jokes aside, like, with someone who, you know, is attractive, like, that you're attracted to, let me say that, mm-hmm. um, 
you're more likely to want something like, oh, you know, I could hang out with you more. I could see you more. I could like be seen with you in public. Mm -hmm. But then with somebody that you're just having sex with and you're like, oh, well, it's there. I don't have to really work for it. Yay, I get sex. You're going to be a lot more careful about whether or not you are tied to them. And so this is something, unfortunately, that, you know, it's a hard reality that some people who may not want to hook up with us being people who have herpes, like, they just might not be all that attracted to us. Right. Because, like, there are plenty of people I know who have herpes and get laid all the time. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are devastated. They're like, I talked to him for this long, and we were together, yeah. and we had all these dates, and I told him I had herpes, and then that was it. It's like, that this saved That's... you. This saved you from being used, even though you were being used up to that point of right. disclosing. And it's like every they're, every situation is so different. It's like maybe they were going to reject you anyway, so that was kind of like that was their, their out. Or maybe they're just not as educated and they're like, they are dating other people, so they're like, oh, I'm just going to date someone else. Or there's so, but again, like in that situation, they would have found another reason to not date you. Like I just feel like if someone genuinely really likes you, it's not going to matter because once you educate them as well... Once you educate them, I just feel like it's, it's hard to say no to someone once you're truly educated and understand that the worst thing about herpes is the stigma itself. Yes. I mean, and of course, unless you're somebody who has physical symptoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, like, there's people who have very bad frequent outbreaks and that sucks. Um, but for the majority, it's either asymptomatic or, like, pretty minor. Mm-hmm. Um and just, like, people, like, I dated someone who gets cold sores, and he wouldn't go down on me because he was scared of getting herpes. And I was like, sir, <laughs> I told you this. I've told you this. You follow my account. I've told you this many, many times. You already have it. And he was like, no, but it's, like, different. And I was like, get out of my home. So I posted this uh, video from a doctor to my Instagram story today. Somebody sent it to me. I'm looking for the name now. So he is. Oh, he was hot. The you Wiz post, Doc. I, yeah. T H E. Is he the hot one? I, I saw your story this morning. There's one. W H I Z D O C. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him up. I'm gonna slide in DMs. Oh, he was the one talking about the cold source. Yeah. Yeah, guy. he was cute. That's him. Yeah. All right, so I am going to try and make contact and <laughs> see what we can do. <laughs> so yeah, we can make that happen and cool. Um, so you mentioned dating. And out of curiosity, for you being someone who's open about your herpes status and then dating, online dating, if you meet someone out in the wild, like, how is that for you? Honestly, in terms of herpes, like, I don't really think about it. It doesn't, I don't get nervous about it. And also, I, if I'm online dating, I assume that they stalk me and they see it anyways. I'm pretty open about it on my dating profile. I don't say I'm herpes positive, but I say, like... I run Safe Slut at safe.slut, and, like, it's about, like, destigmatizing herpes or STIs. So I think it's, like, the people who I'm talking to probably don't care anyways. Um, like, one person was, like, I really appreciate this. Like, it, like it makes me want to, like, date you more because you're so open. And I'm, like, aw. Um, or people who are, like, thank you so much for this. Like, again, the right people are going to be attracted to me. And I think being, like, three years in almost three years into doing safe sled and the people I want to date are very sex positive who like, so again, like the right people are going to be attracted to me that I want them to be. So just like putting the right energy out there, but dating, it, I mean, obviously there's still been times where it's hard in terms of like disclosing and sk- can be scary. Um, 
but usually I'm just, like, pretty casual about it, and, like, whatever, like, I know my worth, I know that them rejecting me has nothing to do with me, so I don't really get offended by it when I get rejected. It still sucks sometimes if I really like them, but I, honestly, I haven't gotten many no's at this point. Mm-hmm. Not to brag, but, uh. I find for myself, dating, dating online, I'm having to have a conversation about my herpes status a lot sooner than I'm ready to. Because it gets sexual fast? N- n- well, shit, that's happened too. Because but... I feel like that happens a lot. <laughs> uh, that happened, and then, actually, so, someone that happened with, it did get sexual fast. Like, mm-hmm. pandemic just started, we was trying to lock stuff down, <laughs> and uh, she was like, yeah, you know, I'm real sexual, I ain't going to condoms and um i know well here's the thing so we had that exchange we didn't talk about a year later i matched with her on another dating app didn't really i love when you see the same people and you're like hello again yeah well i didn't realize it either i was just like i recognized a pool picture Mm -hmm. i was like damn but it's hard to put it like you forget and you're like i think i know you because we're like texting and everything yeah and then i was like I asked something because she said something about her ethnicity, and I was like, ah, what was it? It was a type of Italian. Uh, I forgot. Sicilian? Yes, that was it. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 was, I heard her say that. I feel like you're either Italian or you're Sicilian. It's, yeah. the same, it's the same thing, but I feel like people are like, I'm Sicilian. Right. I'm so like, okay, I'm from Naples. <laughs> well, that was the thing that she said that made me realize it, and I was like, yo, all right, well. I oh, you're into Italian girls. <laughs> uh, yeah so I, <laughs> you, you made me lose my train or even now for what I did right? yeah um, but she ended up going to like nursing school I mm-hmm. believe and she said yeah I took a class on it like it's not that big of a deal like mm-hmm. I get it now and I was just like damn cool and like she and I still have a relationship now oh, that's good um but, yeah, at first I was just like, oh, man, bummer, because I was excited. Like, I got excited. Mm-hmm. And I often tell people, you know, the time that you want to disclose if you haven't already is when conversations about sex happen. You know, right. somebody might just say what they like. You might share what you like. Mm-hmm. You're gauging compatibility. Once you recognize that compatibility like, and it's... it starts to be like, I can see myself doing this with you or the other person can see themselves doing something with you, you then set an expectation of what sex is going to look like. Right. So the longer you go without disclosing or sharing information about how sex will look, the longer or the more expectation is being created of, from that other person right. when you know something they don't. And oftentimes, like, the disclosure, like, pops this inflating balloon, and the balloon probably wouldn't have been so inflated at that point. If they didn't if, yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like I always say, like, there's no, like, right or wrong time to disclose as long as it's before sex. But if you're in a very sexual conversation and it's like pretty like heating up then yeah I would definitely have it sooner than later um but my my favorite tip that I think is like the easiest and most important for when you're disclosing is to always ask them when they've been tested last and like what their sexual health history looks like because not only is it just as important like you're not the only one disclosing it also takes the pressure off of you for a little bit and it also shows how they respond to it because you know if they're like Oh, never been tested. Skirt. Bye. Red flag. Yeah. Um, Or just, like, if they're, like, I'm clean. Like, it just, like, shows that they're, like, not as educated on, on, like, sexual health. Which, again, it's fine. It's no one's fault because we were all doomed from the start with our sex education. But 
it's, yeah, you're going to see how they respond to it and, like, how they kind of talk about sex and sexual health that I think is very telling. Yeah, and you don't have to go into disclosing, like, I have herpes. Yeah. What do you want to do about what it? Do you want, what do you think about that? Just <laughs> too, like, I so often see people in messaging who share that they, like, disclose their status and then that's it. Like, okay, well, how do you want this conversation to go? Right. We have to have a little bit more control over it, so to speak, mm-hmm. rather than just disclosing the information and leaving it with the other person to do right. whatever it is. Right. We'll do with the information because they don't know how to respond. Just like we're not taught how to disclose, people aren't taught how to receive someone's yeah. <laughs> disclosure. Yeah. Right? So just like the seeking, the, the common ground of SCI testing is a great place of you know, potentially deciding if this is someone that you're going to disclose to because their response could be, STDs, I don't get those. Anyone who has those needs to go to hell. Yeah, or my girlfriend would have told me if she had any. Oh my God. So I I don't know if I've said this before, but like my way of knowing whether or not I had something through college was if my ex went to her annual exam and didn't have anything, and now looking back, I'm like, that was fucking stupid because yeah. I learned that women aren't even tested for HIV unless they ask to be tested. Herpes. Herpes. HIV. Like, even HIV. Like, you have to ask for that because mm-hmm. women aren't at high risk. At high risk. Yeah, yeah. So, like, as a man, you know, if I don't ask for HIV testing, like, they'll, uh, like, they assess my risk. I posted an episode uh, two episodes ago from when this one will be posted of uh, going into a clinic and getting tested and you can hear Is it if you don't have sex with ask. like men yes. with men they, you have to ask? Well, in this setting, like they're testing everybody because it's so simple. What's interesting is when I went to a doctor's office, they only had me pee in a cup and they drew a lot of blood mm-hmm. for a few tests. Whereas mm-hmm. at this other place that I went to, they pricked my finger and they did everything else with the oral swab and the mm-hmm. urine sample. And then if you do anal sex or ramming, then they'll do uh, or have you do an anal swab as well. And a lot of people don't know that there are different tests. There's different things that you're testing mm-hmm. for and there's location. Um, I just listened to a podcast yesterday, uh, the Swingers Network, and there's a sex positive healthcare. Uh, there's healthcare for the lifestyle, I think it was called. Oh, I love that. Shameless healthcare, I believe. I'm going to reach out to that person and see if we can uh, talk because, again, like sex positive healthcare. That's what yeah, we're that's what we advocating for. We literally need, yeah. And he said, like, um, he didn't know. He recently found out about the oral swabs. He shared his story about. Oh, I recently got swabbed, I think, like almost a year ago. Now that was the first time I ever got an oral swab. Mm hmm. And a lot of wow. people don't know that. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that like healthcare providers don't even know that yeah. enough to where like also but just scratching what I was just trying to say because I lost my train of thought. But um, being comfortable asking the kinds of sex that you're having because I think we're so laser focused on sexual intercourse that we miss out on oral sex, we miss out mm-hmm. on anal sex, we miss out on sex toys, kink, BDSM, Scissoring, right, um, right, and mutual masturbation. Oh, babe. What else am I missing? Right, like yeah, any yeah. of those things. We're really missing out because we aren't just able to have a conversation about those things. Yeah, no, it's so true, and I feel like yeah, 
everything is so like hetero and just like penis and vagina like that's sex and that's it when that's just like we're all everyone's out here doing all types of other stuff so like everybody eating ass everyone's eating ass except for me i'm i don't like doing it (laughs) (laughs) i don't like it and i actually don't like love when people do it on me what? Well, I think at least you're an equal opportunist. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've, I will, if someone wants it, I'll do it. Like, I'm not, like, opposed to it. It's just, like, it's not my favorite. But, and then again, like, there's been a few times where someone said it to me, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. So, actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to take back what I just said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it depends. <laughs> so, yeah, like, you can get STIs in orally. Um, so, whenever you go to get tested... Ask yeah, your doctor oral swab. to do that too. Yeah, that's very important. But keep in mind, you might be the first person that's saying that to them. They're like, oh, what do you mean? And I love it. I love going to gynecologists or like even in like urgent care and like asking them questions and certain things. And they're like, wow, you're pretty knowledgeable. And I'm like, you know, I'm a safe slut. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and that's why I like you're one of the people that is on my list to reach out to about this, taking a practice, giving a sexual history. So what I'm envisioning is like, when people are ready to go and get tested, like, I recommend a place to them, and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, go here and get tested. Like, you don't have to worry about paying for it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, paying them to go and then share about their experience. Uh, maybe ask particular questions, grade them, if you will. Oh, I love this. That shit in yeah. Me. I could hit them up. Like, hey, so uh, we sent one of our secret shoppers in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I got so many ideas of what I want this to Candid look like. camera, sexual yeah. health edition. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's funny because I feel like there's so many, um, healthcare providers that are still pretty uneducated about herpes too, or like slut shaming, or they're like, you can't get HSV one generally. And they'll just like tell people like false information. And it's yes. very sad that they don't even know. And it's not, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. They, they just three hours of yeah, education yeah. on sex. Exactly. So yeah. And it's unfortunately on us. Like we... If you're here and you're listening to this podcast, like, we got to be on top of our sexual health. Astronomically, more effort has to come from us for now. I'm working on that on the other side. But, like, my board members, I've got Dr. Ina Park. I've got Dr. Evelyn Decker. I've got Jordan Danielle Jones of the Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators podcast. I, I love that. I've never heard of that. Oh, oh, that I sounds keep, awesome. I think I'm mixed the I words. love alliteration, so that sounds great <laughs> to me. Yeah. yeah so, my favorite things. Uh, I'm surprised y'all haven't talked. I know. I there's so what? many there's so many like sex positive accounts that I'm like there's just too many that sometimes yeah. they're just like oh I don't know oh. but I'll have to we'll connect I'll, I'll connect y'all yeah um, but yeah like I have these people you know supporting something positive for positive people in a way that we can get more healthcare professionals involved and getting more of the sex positivity because I, I think that that's like what we need to dissolve any internalized stigma that we have for ourselves like we got to be able to go into uh, the world like after our herpes diagnosis not just go into the herpes world after our herpes diagnosis because that's programmed for us to stay there Mm -hmm. if you look at the dating sites if you can see like i don't know if Many of you have been in a support group for people with herpes, but I know a lot of people who have negative. Yeah, they've gone and left and just been turned away. And what I find in sex positivity, and you feel free to jump in here if uh, this has been your experience, is that there's a lot of self-reflection, self-development in this space. And it's like challenging 
things that you may not have ever once Oh my god, yeah. Honestly, I feel like it turned my whole world upside down. But it was, like, a journey that I needed to go on. Like, I definitely, I do think that herpes was the best thing to happen to me, which, again, like, no one wants to get it, but I think I, like, needed to, because I learned so much after getting herpes, because I was literally forced to do these things. I was forced to do this, this work, and, like, take a really long, hard look at myself, um, that I wouldn't have done beforehand, and I did get diagnosed, like, right before the pandemic, so... I was unemployed, so I also could just, like, really sit with myself for, like, a long time and just kind of go through this and, like, work through this stigma and and everything. Um, But, yeah, it taught me so much. And all of my friends have herpes, so I literally have met the coolest people ever. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. um, That's the best part, I feel like, how many friends I've met. Yeah, I moved to Portland um, for a grant that I got. Like, I had to be a Portland resident to get this grant so or an organ because you were in st louis before yes and i had no like i, I had people did you grow up there came to the gym yeah born yeah. and raised in st louis i lived in houston texas for about three years and then moved back to st louis to mm-hmm. just kind of like regroup um and then i regrouped for about five years <laughs> yeah that was a long regroup yeah but i moved out to portland um just because of that support like the network i've gone yeah. to um, I, I think I told you about this, but Feel the Dating App, they've been hosting in-person social events, and I've been going to those, and it's been cool because I've run into people who've been like, hey, I follow you on Instagram, or hey, I listen to your podcast. And you're like, ooh, like, I'm famous. Oh my God, I got friends. I got, <laughs> that's more, like, I am so fucking hungry for just, like, friendship Yeah. Um, in general, because, like, what I'm seeing, and you tell me if this is your experience, too. But in, like, the dating world, it seems like people are impulsively or compulsory, compulsively prioritizing their intimate relationships. Like, if you're not having sex with that person, it kind of seems like, uh, this falls to the wayside. And I don't know, maybe this is a Portland thing because I do run in a lot of, like, non-monogamous I feel like everyone circles. in Portland is non-monogamous. Well, there's like six people who aren't because yeah. we've had conversations of like, well, I'm looking for a monogamous relationship, but you know, you yeah. you kind of have to conform a little bit to your environment, and I yeah. think that that's what I've run into as well, where I've been dating people and they've said that they were not monogamous as well, and mm-hmm. then like, I f- they're not. They're not. not. I feel like in New York, there's a obviously a huge non-monogamy community. Um, I see it on, like, all the dating apps. And I was talking to this one guy the other day on Hinge. We were just going back and forth for a little you bit. You love Hinge. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You want to know why? Because I love when you can just respond to someone's picture yeah. as opposed to just liking them. Like, you can just be like, ooh. I just think it's an easy... I feel like I can get a sense of more who they are. Yeah. And also, I am, like, a one-track mind. I can't do more than one app at a time because I'm like, this is overwhelming. Like, I have Bumble, but I don't even open it. Like, I just... And I'm like, I'm not going to... I don't want to talk first. I don't want to. I'm scared. Um... <laughs> But Says talking- the girl who took her friend up to this guy at a party and said, can we both suck your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true. It depends on my mood, I guess. <laughs> but if I'm, like, actually trying to date someone, I'm more shy, so I wouldn't be as forward. But I was talking to this guy, and he was, like, we were talking, and he goes, um, also, I just want to get this out of the way. He goes, are you polyamorous? And I was, like, um, like, TBD. I was, like, I'm kind of, like, exploring the idea of being, like, sexually open, but I don't think I could ever be, like, emotionally with more than one person. 
Um, but again, I've, I've always been monogamous. So, and he was like, okay, just, just checking. I'm more monogamous, but like, again, I, maybe I'd be open to sexually too, but I think he was asking the question because it, it's a lot of people in New York that are non-monogamous and, um, I forget where I was going with this. Well, what, <laughs> what we were talking about was just like the, for me, I feel like people prioritize, it's hard to make friends because people prioritize oh, intimate sexual relationships. I feel like, uh... Me, I am more likely to prioritize a friendship than an intimate relationship. Um, in the past, no, because I think I was craving like male validation when I was younger, so I would jump at any chance I could. And now I'm like, mm, that's embarrassing. I'm not gonna, gonna do that ever again. Um, I just like my. I feel more fulfilled when I have um, more like female friendships or just like feminine energy <laughs> near me. So I feel like that's more important to me now than dating someone. But I I feel like in New York, dating is pretty horrendous here, as it is everywhere, I'm sure. I just, like, it's not that people aren't prioritizing dating. It's, like, yeah, it's either, like, they just want to hook up and that's kind of it. Just, like, something casual so they can focus on, like, it's so their efficient, career. It, yeah. It's, it's efficient. And I, like, commend people for that, yes. for how efficient it is. And, like, there's times where I'm, like, yeah, I just want to hook up. But I... Uh, I'm a grandma slut at this point, so, like, to me, like, being crazy slutty, like, isn't really my jam anymore, because it's not really as fulfilling as it was when I was younger, um, but it depends on my mood, but, so I feel like I'm definitely more interested in, like, developing deeper connection, whether that's intimate or friendship, so, I feel like everyone's different, though, I don't know, I feel like in New York, there's just a bunch of scumbags out there on the apps, there's a lot of scummy dudes out there. Yes, anyway. But they're on the, but it's anywhere, and, and it's like those are the ones that are on the apps too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also great people on the apps as well. But you know, if you're scummy, you're on the apps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, just tying back into what you were saying about like you are someone who you know prioritizes or you know, identify with your feminine energy to be surrounded by that and have that in your life. Like that's important to you. I'm at a stage in my life too where I'm finding that I want more of the masculine connection with people and like have my bros because mm-hmm. I played sports and mm-hmm. so I was always around men and I didn't realize how important those relationships were yeah. to me until After. they weren't there anymore mm-hmm. and for a long time something was just wrong yeah and you know I could look at look at it like functional depression or something like I was mm-hmm. functionally depressed for I don't even know how many years and so even now with managing the Instagram account something positive for positive it's people I am surrounded by more feminine energy than ever. And I think that maybe that's been like contributing to a little bit of my, I don't want to call it burnout because it's like an awareness of draining, being drained by the fact that I'm just not being replenished Mm -hmm. in my own identity. So like I don't necessarily look to something positive for positive people or women in order to like fill my cup, uh, yeah. But like, I but know I get that, the bros. I know, I like, I just need to like, go out and, go and like play well, sports. I met somebody, and... so I met somebody. You have a new friend. Yeah, it, it's it's just like dating, like making a it friend. It is making it's a so friend, much yeah. Like dating, and you it's more important. Thirsty. Yeah. I told his girlfriend, I was like, I like your boy. I was like, oh my god, he likes you too. I was like, oh come on, it's like a thirsty bitch. That's so cute. So yeah, there's a Seinfeld episode that's kind of like that, and like. The guy's like, can you help me move? And he was like, it's too soon in the friendship. I, I can't help you move. <laughs> but yeah, like, that's, that's really where It's I'm important. Yeah. yeah. And you'll find that. You'll find that. I mean, I feel like I spend a lot of time in the masculine energy because I play soccer with all dudes. 
And I just like I'm constantly around that. Like once a week, so I'm like, all right, that's enough for me. Yep. And then I'm with my girls most of the time. And it's just like <laughs> yeah. that. Really and I work at a salon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's but again, it needs to be balanced. Like, and it doesn't even necessarily be men and women. It's just the masculine and feminine mm-hmm. energy. Yeah, the environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you are at a point in your life now where you are empowering or using your diagnosis and your life experiences to empower yourself as well as inspire others and you mentioned that you do that through safe slide you also do that through only fans right yes so it's like i've been doing it for two or three months now and i've been wanting to do only fans yeah i pretty much just started it um i've been wanting to do only fans for a while i do have patreon where i was posting nudes but you can't post you can't post you like masturbate it's like they have a lot of they have some more rules um, and with OnlyFans, it's easier to kind of talk to people and, and whatnot. Um, so, yeah. So, I realized that I always love kind of being on camera. It's hot to me. And I was like, you know what? Like, I think another part of the type of destigmatizing herpes work I want to do is, yeah, me showing me having sex with myself, me having sex with others, photos, you know, all of that. Um, it feels really empowering to me. And a lot of the people who follow me on OnlyFans also have some sort of STI um, for the ones that I've like know and talk to. And so if they, I always get messages being like, Oh wow, this is really empowering. And that's exactly what I want. Um, and I also want them to be like, this is slutty and disgusting. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my new project I think is that I'm spending a lot of energy on is that. And um, yeah, like the other, uh, the, one of the first posts I ever did was me in the bath with an outbreak that you could like really see I just took a nude and you could see the outbreak and I was like, yeah, I'm still super hot, but I have an outbreak and I'm in a bath and it's sexy. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, yeah, so I think that's, yeah, really fun for me. Um, if you want to follow it, it's um, herpes.witch on OnlyFans. Herpes.witch. Yeah. Okay. You can't, I was going to do safe slut, but you can't use the word slut in your name, oh, which is my. so ridiculous. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, I'm like, I, it's my name on the... Uh, yeah, OnlyFans so can, but everyone else can. <laughs> they try so hard to just not be the porn Yeah, like, just let us do it. Just let, yeah. me, just let me have this. Yeah, like OnlyFans. I remember they were like, yeah, DJs. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, just let it be what it is, yep. you know? Um, so, yeah, so that's been really fun, honestly. Um, I've always wanted to be a porn star, like, high key. <sighs> yeah, like, from, like, a young age. I'm like, not, like, too young, but, like... It's been always been on my mind. Yeah. And when I got herpes, I was talking to my roommate and I was like, oh, I can't be a porn star anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did, um, I did but a... But they say like everybody in porn either has yeah. it or expects to get it. Yeah, exactly. I And I didn't know that, but yeah, pretty much, yeah, everyone in porn has it because it's just, I mean, not only does everyone in porn have it, just everyone in the world just has it. Um, but I did a podcast when I was like pretty... Shortly after I was diagnosed with um, Miss Radio Sapphire, yeah. and she's my favorite person, love her. And we were talking because she does some like porn stuff. Like I think like I forget exactly what she does. I think she does like editing. I, I forget. Um, but I remember us talking, and I was telling her I was like, oh, I really want to be a porn star. And she was like, everyone in porn has herpes. And I was like, that changed my life. That yeah. moment, I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so now I'm like making porn. Yeah, and there's something exciting about making porn, too, and, like, watching yourself. And oh, you my God, yeah. see what comes up for you, any of your own insecurities, and, like... And that's another thing, too. It's, like, watching myself and being insecure about certain things, and then 
people messaging me, even if they're commenting on me as a whole or like one certain thing and being, oh, wow, that's the thing I was insecure about. Like someone commented on my nose and I was, I'm not, I'm not insecure about my nose, but it's like, I got my little Italian nose and it's like a little bigger than most. And he was like, oh my God, especially your nose. And I was like, oh, so again, it's like such a compliment. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, exactly. It's different. And so far everyone's been really respectful on there, which I love. I love people being respectful. And like a lot of people messaging me are like, oh, like, can I say this to you? It's like, do I get your consent if I can say that? And I'm like, thank you. But also, like, call me a dirty slut. <laughs> like, say something wild. Like, ask me to do, give me a crazy request. <laughs> uh, keep it interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's really cool to, like, make that content for yourself and for other people to enjoy. Um, and again, there's a lot of stigma about it, and it took me a while to do it because of my own internalized feelings about it. But now I'm just like full fledged like into it. I think it started me with being like, okay, I'm just gonna post nudes, and then I was like, all right, maybe like one jack off video, and now I'm like, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's something about being able to lean into your own insecurities and mm-hmm. find some empowerment in that, and that's yeah. what I'm finding um, in my understanding of what safe slut represents and what uh, herpes witch. Yeah, herpes switch. switch um, I, it's cool because it's almost like herpes switch too. Ooh. Hey, there you ooh. go. <laughs> uh, and I am more switch, so I like that. Hey, hey here we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we got three minutes left before this cuts off oh. on us. Um, first, how can people find you? Um, I am at safe.slut on Instagram and TikTok. I'm at safe.slut with two T's on Instagram for my backup and at safe dot, no, at safer.slut on Instagram for my third backup. <laughs> and Twitter is safe underscore slut, Patreon safe slut, YouTube safe slut, OnlyFans is herpes.witch. And I think that might be everything I got. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is there any like last thing that you want to leave with people? Um, um, I always say this. I feel like on every podcast. So I think this stay is stay on brand. Got to stay on brand. You can still be a hoe with herpes. Hey, herpes hoes, baby. Herpes hoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this was great. This has been. I'm glad we finally got to do this. I know it's been years in the making. Literally, Yay. literally years in the making. Yeah. Um, more than anything, I just appreciate you making a trip out here to all the way to Jersey. I know. All, all the way to fucking Nutley. Yeah, as I come from Portland. I know. You you <laughs> live across the country. I took a train. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this was great. It's been phenomenal to just, you know, meet you, hang out and talk and have this conversation. Yeah. I think that this is gonna be something useful for people. Um if y'all don't take anything else out of this, like lean into your insecurities. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a good look at your body have and take inventory on your personality and just see what, what it is that you do and don't like about yourself. Those things that you may not like may be things that you can lean into, modify, change a little bit, or you can accept reframe those it. Things, yeah, accept right? it, reframe it. Yeah, because, I mean, to all it took for you was for somebody to say, yeah, everybody in porn has her, but you're like, I can still be a porn Ooh. star, yeah. <laughs> and you can be your own amateur porn star too. Like just just start start recording yeah. yourself and watching it later. And watch how if you turn yourself on, you ain't gotta worry about it. Yeah, trust me, watching yourself is really high. I yes. highly recommend it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, that concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, subscribe to, share this podcast with whomever you think may find it to be useful. If you want to support us, like I said at the beginning, you can visit www.spfpp.org. You can reach out to me directly at Courtney at spfpp.org. Um, and yeah, uh, Instagram. Well, shit, Instagram is more personal now. So it's just Courtney Graham underscore. My Twitter handle is Cortonius now. I know. I was trying to tag you something. I was like, what yeah, is no. this? So, yeah, Cortonius. Like, I like this idea of self and, like, self-help, self-improvement, self-reflection, self-development, self-education, all of those self things. And that's going to be more of what that Twitter is. It's just, like, me posting this philosophical shit. So, you can also follow Cortonius Quotes. And that's where I'm just going to be posting crazy shit. But yeah, y'all, till next time, stay sex positive. Stay slutty. Hey. <laughs>